So if you will, take your Bible now and join with me in reading from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, as we look at a parable today concerning the soils. This is the parable of the soils. And I pray that this message will have meaning for you as we prepare for the Lord's Supper as well. Let's bow our heads together for prayer before we begin. We do thank you, Lord, for the day that you've given, for this opportunity to hear a word from the Lord. We thank you for the children that have sung this morning, for the message of Hosanna, and that uh, we can praise the Lord uh, for all the good gifts that you provide. Now, Lord, speak to us through this passage, I pray. Help us to hear a fresh word from the Lord. And may there be a decision today that will bring glory and honor to Jesus, our Savior, and our Lord. In his name we pray. Amen and amen. Beginning in verse 1, that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea, and large crowds gathered to him. So he got into a boat and he sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Jesus would often take a story that had uh, one particular meaning to it uh, to help illustrate what the kingdom of God was about. And he used uh, the kinds of stories that would be very familiar uh, with the people of his day. People were familiar with sowing fields. They were familiar with harvests. Uh, they were familiar with the kinds of uh, soil that we're going to read about here today. There are four soils in this passage of Scripture, and there's one seed, four soils and one seed. The seed represents the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the seed is sown on four kinds of soil, and only one of the four soils responds totally to the seed, and it produces a harvest. Notice, if you will, there's nothing wrong with the seed. The problem is not the seed. The problem is the soil. The problem is the response to the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. The seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings transformation. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings um, resuscitation. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings new life and new interest and renewal to our life as we trust his word to be saved from our sin. There is salvation in no other gospel. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ can forgive you of sin. Only the good news of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ can atone for your sin. There is no other path to heaven 
except through the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are many gospels that are preached throughout the world, but there's only one transformational gospel. There's only one saving gospel. There's only one eternal gospel, and that's the gospel of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So the problem is not in the eternal gospel. The gospel is the same. It is the good news. Paul said, I bring to you what was of first importance. What was of first importance? That Christ died, according to the scripture, for our sins. That he was buried and that he was raised again on the third day, according to the scriptures. Friends, that's the gospel. That's the formula that we repeat whenever we baptize someone because it's the going down and the coming back up out of the water that reminds us of the dying and then the rising of Christ, of the death of our Lord for our sin and his being raised from the dead. That is the good news, and that is the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. But there are four kinds of soils. Each of these soils represents a way that people respond to the gospel. And we have to ask ourselves as we go through here, how am I responding to the gospel. The first response to the gospel is, uh, look there in verse 4. Um, he went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. In the Bible days, there would be a walking path that uh, went through someone's field. The purpose of the walking path was to allow a sojourner, someone traveling in that area, to have an opportunity to glean from the fields to have something to eat. In the Old Testament, those who sow in the fields were to leave something for the sojourner, uh, kind of like Social Security today. Uh, it's a way of providing for a person who has a need. And so people passing by could stop and they would walk through these fields. It was also a kind of shortcut to get from one place to another. Uh, when I was, uh, uh, had an opportunity to go to Africa, I remember seeing these paths, these beaten paths that people would walk across these fields all day long with a short hoe. In fact, in Africa, whenever they got a hoe, they cut the handle off of it. You know why? Because as you go up and down the hills, uh, the long handle hoe didn't operate very well. So as soon as they got a hoe, they cut about half of the handle off of it and could work with it even better. Well, if the field was flat, and usually the women were out there working in the fields, they were bent over all day long, working and struggling out in the fields. But beside the field, there was this long path. It may take you to the neighbor's field. It may take you to another town. It was the um, bypass, if you will. It was the path that people would follow in order to get wherever they were going. And people's feet had pressed down, and the rain and the, and the sand had pressed down these, uh, these hardened paths. This is a tempered, a hardened path. And that's how some people respond to the gospel. They just simply say, no thank you. They've heard the good news of Jesus over and over again and simply say, it's not for me. They hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and they say to themselves, not today. Someday I'm gonna. Someday I probably will, but not today. Folks, anything but a yes is a no. Anything but a yes to the gospel is a no. 
And so they say very quickly, not today, it's not for me, not at this time, and they reject the gospel. And that's why he says the birds come and they eat it up. The gospel always has enemies. There's someone somewhere trying to remove the gospel from in front of you. And so it is a unique opportunity right now to even hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because when you leave here today, you won't hear it again unless you specifically tune in to a radio station as you're going down the road. The world is trying to do everything it can to remove from your hearing, to remove from your memory the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel has enemies. And Satan is doing everything he can to, do, to um, um, deprive you of hearing and responding in a positive way to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we might call that a tempered response. The second response uh, we might call a temporary response. In other words, the seed went into the soil, but it didn't last very long. And we see this time and again. People who are wanting to be saved and follow Jesus Christ and get excited and get baptized for a while, and after a couple of weeks, you don't see him anymore. And that's why we have learned that it's so critical for every new believer to be involved in a Bible study group. In fact, it, for those who get saved and those who receive the gospel, those who come to Christ, if you're not in the Bible study group within six months, we will not see you again. You, you will fade away because the world and the cares of the world will become more important to you than worship, Bible study, fellowship, ministry, all the ways that we grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said in verse 5, others fell on the rocky places and where they did not have much soil and they sprang up because they had no depth of soil and when the sun had risen, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. Yes, the gospel has enemies, but the gospel also brings on challenging times. The sun does come out. The scorching heat does affect us. We are impacted by a world of evil. And I'm praying every day for this war in Ukraine. Uh, I'm praying every day that uh, this dictator of Russia will be silenced. I'm praying every day that lives will be spared. I'm praying every day for peace. Uh, this genocide that's taking place is beyond my comprehension that it would even happen in our day and time. And yet it seems to be just going on and on and on and on. The gospel of Jesus Christ uh, has many, many enemies. There are seminaries in Ukraine. There are churches in Ukraine that are uh, hiding and providing for the refugees that are trying to escape that war. Uh, but the churches can't feed everybody. But they're trying their best to have a place, a meeting, uh, a place to feed, a place to, to house, a place to um, escape from the bombing uh, that's happening all across that uh, country there. there there's, a, there's a seminary there. Uh, there are several, actually. And uh, we're praying for those schools that they will survive. Uh, the bad news is they've all closed. They've all closed. And we're praying that somehow they will be able to reopen 
in the future as it comes. So the gospel has enemies. The gospel has enemies. And these are challenging times for Christians. Uh, these are challenging times for God's people. And because we are Christian doesn't mean we will escape hard times or challenging times. In fact, because we are Christian means that challenges are going to come our way. But the Bible says, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Not if you encounter various trials, but when you encounter various trials. Because God is using the challenge of your life to make you more like His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. There's a third type of soil here. It's in verse 7. He said, Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. We might call this a temporal, a worldly kind of response. A worldly response means that we've received the gospel, but we still want to hold on to the ways of the world. We want everything that God offers in the gospel, but we also want heaven on earth here as well. I've seen this all my life. I've seen it in the theology of my brothers and sisters who preach that if you're right with God, you'll get to inherit all the good stuff and the best stuff that this world has. I've got a preacher friend that he has the best RV, he has the best house, he has the best tractor, he has the best garden, he has the best uh, everything that you can possibly imagine. And at the same time, on Sunday morning, they'll sing, This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. Well, is it or is it not? You know, is it or is it not? Uh, how we choose to live. Do we love the world more than we love the gospel? Do we want the world and the, the things of this world, the treasures of this world that are passing away, do we want those things more than we desire the gospel? Folks, the gospel calls for sacrifice. The gospel calls for gen, gen, excuse me, generosity. The, the gospel calls for our giving spirit in order that we might sacrifice for others as well instead of receiving and achieving and hoarding and collecting and uh, uh, consuming uh, everything in the world. In fact, you become more like God as you become a giver of yourself to others. And then there's the fourth kind of soil, and I'll end with this one, and we will prepare for the invitation and the Lord's Supper. Others fell on good soil. Others fell on good soil. And it yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Uh, the, the harvest has come to the person who has a total response to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, I enjoyed watching the, um, the um, uh, basketball games uh, that we had to watch. Uh, real proud of U of L girls. They, they really did well, didn't they? Uh, U of L boys didn't quite get there. Um, UK had, a, had an opportunity but lost it. Um, Duke did lose, though. Thank God, that's a good thing. <laughs> Duke, Duke did lose uh, to North Carolina. And, and, um, but anyway... Um, I liked uh, one of the uniforms that the guys were wearing, and it seemed to be a trend because it wasn't just one team. It had the letter B, and then beside it, it had all in. B, all in. And as I looked at it, I thought, well, that means basketball, all in. Or that means simply B, all in. Uh, folks, if you're going to 
serve the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got to be all in. You've got to let Jesus have complete control of your whole life. Or you'll never see a harvest. You'll always wonder, what have you missed? You'll always ponder, have I given enough? Have I done enough? But when you're all in, you'll see a harvest. Now, not every harvest is the same in every field. Um, and God doesn't expect you to be you and you to be you. Uh, in fact, uh, when you get to heaven, God's not going to ask you, why were you not Moses? God's going to ask you, why weren't you you? Because who you are and the, the gifts that you have to give and who you will become as you mature and grow in the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be uniquely you. It's not going to be like somebody else. And so there's a place for you in the kingdom of God. And every member in the body of Christ is different. The ear can't say to the toe, I have no need of thee. We all need each other, but we're not all just alike. And so in our diversity of gifts that we can offer to the Lord, God takes all of this and he multiplies it to a beautiful, beautiful harvest. So in closing today, the question is, how have you responded to the gospel? How are you responding right now to the gospel? Are you saying no? Are you saying no? Are you saying, well, not right now? Are you saying, well, maybe later? Or maybe the time isn't right yet? Maybe you're saying, I've got to get my act together. All these are a no. Anything but a yes is a no. And this kind of no, even though it may be um, coded nicely, is simply a no. It's a tempered, hard, no thank you response. Is that, what, is that how you've responded to the gospel? Maybe your response to the gospel has been shallow. Just, just plain shallow. No depth, no growth, no Bible reading, no prayer life, just plain shallow. God may be calling you to let the seed of the gospel grow deeper as you become a more dedicated disciple of Jesus Christ. Maybe for some of you, your response to the gospel has been, I want the eternal life, but I also want everything God's got for me in this world. Uh, there's a book out there called Your Best Life Today. And that's, that's, kind of, that's some of that... Um, theology of uh, if you believe in Jesus Christ you're going to have all the good things of this world right now and you can live the best that God's got for you in this life well the best that God has for you is not in this life it's in the life to come and so we live out of generosity we live out of love and giving and offering to others as well or has your um, response to the gospel been all in be all in that's what God's looking for that one person who'll say right now this morning I want to be all in I want to give my total life I want to give all of my life to Christ he that hath ears to hear he said let him hear will you bow with me as we pray Father, we thank you for the gospel that saves us, transforms us, redeems us, 
and gives us life eternal. We thank you for the trials that we go through that call us to be faithful disciples of Jesus and not to match what others are doing but to give all we've got so that you can multiply it and use it for your glory. We pray you'll be blessed during this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.